0: Goff's Three Minute. Is- the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And no one took this to statement to heart more than Nude Peterson and the Churchill Club. In the spring of 1940, Adolf Hitler and his Nazi troops were in the process of attempting to overtake Europe. After invading Poland, they turned their eyes on France and overtook the country in a matter of six weeks. After France, they began engaging in the Battle of Britain, an aerial war pitting the German Luftwaffe against the famed British Royal Air Force. As this battle waged on throughout 1940, Hitler turned his eyes to the north, towards the rich iron ore deposits of Sweden and Norway. To get that ore from the Scandinavian peninsula to the factories and refineries in Germany, Hitler would need Denmark and their railway system sandwiched right in the middle. On April 9, 1940, Hitler offered an ultimatum to Norway and Denmark. You can become a protectorate of Germany. Basically, we take over but leave you about your business. Or we can invade you and crush everything in your path. Denmark chose the former and Nazi troops flowed into the country to take up posts and work hand in hand with the Danish government as they set up military outposts and checkpoints. While Norway chose the latter and put up a nasty fight to Hitler's attempted takeover. Norway was able to resist for over two months before being both outgunned and outmanned and finally capitulated. And While Germany had taken over Norway, they continued their fierce resistance the Third Reich, making Germany's movements increasingly difficult throughout the war. Denmark's surrender to Hitler did not go over well with many Danish citizens. But what could they do? As Nazi troops flooded their streets, the idea of resistance or escape seemed more and more futile. Perhaps we are bolder when we are younger because we do not think of long-term consequences. Perhaps it is because we have not been jaded by failure. Or maybe it is because we are just too dumb to think things through. Whatever the reason, there is an air of invincibility in youth, a boldness, a fire that as we get older dies down. I don't believe it ever truly goes away, but perhaps it's just smoldering behind duties and responsibilities and other adult realities as we grow up. So perhaps it makes sense then that the spark of Danish resistance was lit not by a group of aged men or daring soldiers, but by a group of 8th grade boys. 8th? grade boys. In the summer of 1940, a few short months after Denmark's surrender and Germany's occupation, Nude Petersen, his brother Yen, and their cousin Hans became so inspired by the Norwegian resistance next door, and so embarrassed by their own government's cowardice and surrender to Hitler, they decided to act. They needed a name, so they came up with the RAF club, named for the famed Royal Air Force who so daringly fought off the German aerial attacks on the British Isles and began their own campaign against the Nazi occupiers. Their strategy, if you wanna call it that, was simple. Disrupt Nazi occupation, don't get caught. If you were in Odense, Denmark in the summer of 1940, you probably would witness a group of boys casually riding their bicycles through and around town and out to the countryside. What you probably did not witness Were those same boys on bicycles parking their bikes and cutting phone lines with their pocket knives to Nazi outposts or turning the road signs, which were now painstakingly translated to German and all over the roadways, to the wrong directions? A simple tactic, fairly harmless, but you have to start somewhere. These disruptions continued and grew until the local German authorities put out a reward for the capture of these vandals at 300 kroner which was actually three months' pay to Danish citizens. In the spring of 1941, Nude's father was a local preacher, was forced to move north to Alberg to lead a church there. So while Nude and Yen were forced to leave their friends and their RAF club, they left it in good hands with their cousin Han. Alberg, in northern Denmark's Jutland, featured a major airport that had become a big-time refueling station for Nazi troops traveling between Norway and Germany and then eventually Russia. As the boys started finishing school in their new town, they began to make new friends and the fires of rebellion grew inside of them after the taste of success they had had in Odense. They befriended a few like-minded rebels and cautiously invited them into their circle. And on Christmas 1941, the newly formed Churchill Club, met on the top floor of an unused section of the monastery where the Petersons now called home. The Churchill Club decided they would divide their club into three departments. Propaganda, Technical, and Sabotage. In the Propaganda department, they decided they need a symbol for their club to represent that quote, this flame of rebellion kills Nazis, end quote. They used bright blue paint and would go around painting their symbol the Nazi swastika that extended the ends and had arrows. They painted these on German signs and on the doors of Nazi sympathizer business owners who they saw as war profiteers who had turned against their own people to profit from the German occupation. The technical department was left to classmate Mogen Fjellerup. They nicknamed him the professor. He used the school's chemistry lab to experiment in making explosives. Sabotage would be focused on using the professor's explosives, stealing weapons, and disruption. They also added a fourth department by necessity, the passive department. They had several friends who wanted to help but were too scared to actively participate, so they donated money and moral support. In one of their first attacks, they snuck onto the airport grounds, broke into a construction office, where they lit and burned a stack of blueprints for improvements to the airport along with a picture of Adolf Hitler. They continued painting their arrowed swastikas on German trucks and doors as well. When they got word from Odense that their cousin in the RAF club had burned down an entire stable of German trucks, the pressure for the Churchill club to up their antics increased. As the war crawled on, Alberg became a r and stop for German troops coming and going from both Norway and Russia. The amount of Nazi troops grew increasingly. Soldiers streamed into restaurants and set up barracks around town. These became the de-facto spots for the Churchill Club to start the next phase of their espionage, acquiring some weapons. The boys would go to local restaurants and snag pistols from the coat closet as Nazi officers dined. In the summer months, as the barracks windows were open, the boys could sneak up and into the barracks to grab a pistol here, a rifle there, a few grenades, anything they could get their hands on. They acquired quite an arsenal and would set up targets in the attic of the monastery where they would practice shooting on Sunday mornings when the pipe organ from the church service would cover up the sound of their gunshots. Eventually their boldness caught up to them when a restaurant waitress caught them stealing a pistol. They were rounded up and put on trial. Most of the boys at this time were just 15 and 16 years old. Prior to trial they were held in a local jail where they were treated like minor celebrities. Townspeople would bring them cake and food daily. They were treated with admiration by even their guards. However, After trial, they were sentenced to anything from one to five years in the adult Nyborg State Prison a few hours away. A few older members of the club actually stayed in the local jail where they sawed through a barred window, replacing the metal bars with painted broom handles and would sneak out at night for more sabotage. No one could ever figure out who it was because they would sneak back into their jail jail cells by daybreak. The trial and subsequent imprisonment made the boys national heroes and sparked rebellion and defiance among the Danish population. Embarrassed by the fact that the only ones courageous enough to stand up to Hitler were a group of middle school students, an underground movement began creating havoc for the German occupiers throughout the rest of the war. Eventually, the boys served their prison terms and were released, some going back to their lives of espionage, though many swore that off and moved on with their lives. Following the war, several members of the Churchill Club were even able to meet and be congratulated by their namesake, their namesake, Winston Churchill himself. So while they say youth is wasted on the young, I would say the Churchill Club was an exception to the rule. They wasted not that youthful boldness and instead inspired an entire country and continent to stand up and not to go quietly into that dark night, but to stand up to evil and to light the fuse of resistance in their own homeland. Class dismissed. This podcast, written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful Wart County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.